Welcome back to the happy. Hey, I have an interesting one. Um, obviously, you know, each of these episodes has not been anything like the previous one. And I don't think today's any different. Uh, if you didn't know, I'm actually building a startup company, a little tech startup called Fidio. It's a workout marketplace. It's currently on the App Store now. You can download it at the link in the description of this episode. Uh, but I wanted to tell the story of Fidio from you know ideation when I first was like, hey, this would be cool, um, to today where we're on the App Store. We have some users, and I just thought it would be kind of a funk. Very few people hear the origin stories of their favorite company. Um, and, you know, I, I would love to be able to reflect on this and look back on this podcast and sort of, you know, laugh one day about this whole thing. Cause I think looking back on it, every time I, I've written about it on my blog and every time I read that blog, I just, I just kind of smile to myself and think of the, the crazy journey I've put myself through. But, I've said this in a previous episode. I always knew I wanted two things. I wanted to be happy and I wanted to be rich. And it didn't seem like my life was going to be complete without those two things. And getting to happiness was actually a much easier equation. Although I think for most people, the inverse is true. Many people are rich, but they're rich in where very few people find happiness. I got very fortunate where... I sort of found a path for my own happiness. You can listen to that previous episode. And once I got there, I really just knew I had to focus on the getting rich piece of it. And not getting rich so I could buy a Lamborghini. I'm not all that interested in that sort of thing. I really just want my freedom. And I really want freedom to explore what else is out there. I think a lot of times people don't get to optimize their life for who they really are simply because they're tied down by the fact that they don't have that much money to go out and seek new challenges and seek new experiences um, that they wish they could have. And I, I want to afford that for myself, so I need to do something in my life that makes me money, and hopefully soon, <laughs> um, you know, getting any younger. So when I was younger, I always wanted to own a gym that was like my big idea right it was i was going to own a gym and i was going to do it better than other people i was going to be cleaner i don't know better paint uh, maybe nicer equipment i don't really know what the whole idea was but my whole idea was i was going to own a gym and i ended up getting my degree in exercise science and becoming a personal trainer for a while which i'll discuss um but i also always loved tech in the background i actually worked at best buy selling computers for a little bit um which was honestly one of my favorite jobs until they laid me off um which was which was quite unfortunate because at the time I really needed the money. Um, but my, I didn't have social media, even though I was really into tech. I kind of just stayed away from it. I had an Instagram account in high school, um, but didn't have another Instagram account until my second semester senior year, where my boss at my internship forced me pretty much to get it. Uh, she was like, "You need an Instagram account if you're going to be in this field." Um, you need to be posting about workouts. You need to be posting about fitness. At the time, I was working at a like box gym in Nashville, Tennessee. And so I needed to get a fitness account, so I created it. It was John Williams Strength. I created an email for it, John Williams Strength at Outlook.com or maybe at Live.com or whatever it was. And I was like, okay, this is my thing. I'm excited about it because I had a business 
uh, purpose for it. Once I had a business application for social media, uh, I was sold. When it was just like a personal thing, I was quite uninterested. But once it had a business application, I was like, this is great. So I started per- posting workout videos, just like you see on Instagram now, you know, fitness creators. And no, not, not knocking fitness creators, but it just wasn't necessarily the thing I was particularly good at. Um, I would just post some workout videos. I'd post some, you know, exercises that I thought were cool. And I, you know, thought I was smart or something. Every Thursday at that gym, I would actually write these workouts on little whiteboards for this group uh, that would come in, this group of guys that would come in on Thursdays. They always wanted like sort of a bro lift. So I'd write them a little bros that we had laying around. And these workouts were like a big hit at the gym. Post these little workouts to my Instagram. And it's not like they got a ton of traction at the time, but I was just excited about it. I was like, you know what? Why don't I just write a whole program and use these little whiteboards? And so I was driving home one day after posting uh, one of the workouts and having the idea for like, hey, I'll, I'll post a whole month worth of workouts. Like, I'll do a whole program. And I was like, well, why don't I call it the t- workouts? And I just thought it was like a cute little name. It, it kind of stuck in my head. And so Tiny Whiteboard Workouts was born. And if you don't know my history at all, uh, many people who know me are very aware of Tiny Whiteboard Workouts. Um, you know, it was kind of like this whole company I had built uh, towards the end of college and then a little bit afterwards. So I created the first program, then I created another one. And as I kept creating these programs, I got more and more creative with, uh, I started like taking pictures of the whiteboards. Like, I bought my own whiteboard. I bought all my, there's all these different colors. I, I bought a whole bunch of like props at Dick's Sporting Goods, like little weight clips and, and little weights and like dumbbells. And I had a little background. There was like a little turf pad. And I would, uh, yeah, I would just take pictures of these little whiteboards that had workouts on them. And I just got really into it. I created a, a logo for the, for the Instagram page using Microsoft Paint. It was these two little characters. I called them Walter and Wendy, and they were like little people. But they had like TWW in the, like they were people, but they, had a, they were shaped like a, a whiteboard. They were just kind of a square, like a rectangle. And I wrote the word, the letters TWW in the middle, and there was like a guy version, there was a girl version. I called them Walter and Wendy, um, which I thought was hilarious, I suppose. And yeah, from then on, you know, once I sort of created the little characters in Microsoft Paint, I started creating like some more artwork and more design stuff. But then obviously I had to learn how to use like Photoshop and Illustrator. And these skills are probably the skills I use most to this day as like the CEO of a company where you know, I do all the design work. So it actually became very important for me, you know, part of my specific knowledge. Um, but while I was creating Tiny Whip, um, I got my first job and I really got more into the fitness creator scene. You know, I was just on Instagram a lot, talking to creators, um, creating myself, of course. And I saw what other people do- were doing and I-, I could see a trend. Fitness creation really needed its own space. I mean, there were a ton of people creating in that area. And what I realized was this is very niche. This is very specific. And, um, but it's also a giant market of not only consumers, but also creators. And really, Instagram isn't sufficient for the types of content we need to create, right? If you want to build a workout, writing it on a little whiteboard and posting it to Instagram is not sufficient to give people the full tools to be able to do it effectively. Uh, and writing, you know, 
filming 10 slide carousel workouts were also not effective. So I could really see that there was a need for something in this space. I just didn't really know what it was. Um, but I was very interested and I thought, you know, over time, maybe I could figure something out. But before I started my first job as a personal trainer after college, I remember my dad and I were on our boat uh, in Cape Cod, Massachusetts. We were just driving around. Um, and I was telling him, I was like, hey, man, I have like this workouts and I think it's cool. I'd been doing it for a couple months at that point. But I was like, man, like, there's this idea in my head that I can't shake. And it's, you know, the idea of like a creator economy almost for fitness where, you know, you can create literal content, but you can also sell programs. Like you can sell actual workouts in a format that makes 10 carousel slide uh, videos on Instagram. But dad thought it was interesting. I, I don't think he knew quite as much about, you know, the fitness space, but he's like, yeah, man, if you see a need for that, like, I think you should really pursue it and, and see how you get it built. He's like, how are you going to build it? I was like, I have no idea. I think I, I need to build an app or something. And I don't know how to, how to do that. I don't know how to code. You know, my degrees in exercise science. Um, so it was kind of a thing I had on the back burner. I was like, you know what? Let me focus on my training career first. And I'll focus on like this tech idea later. So I started my job. It was in Vermont, uh, New England. And it's very cold up there if you didn't know. Don't go there. Um, unless you like really want to ski and want to be there for a brief period of time. It is pretty nice in the summer for like a couple of weeks. But then it gets cold again. Um, you know, I, I started getting clients. The personal trainer was working at this gym. I was quite enjoying myself. I was still doing tiny white workouts in the background, um, but I had to hide it from my boss because I could tell that he was a little territorial. So I kind of kept that separate. Um, and I had a client. His name was Kevin, very good friend of mine. Um, I actually just texted him before I jumped on this call. I'd be surprised if he doesn't text me back by the time it's over. And we went to dinner one night because I really just wanted to tell him he was a local businessman. He was kind of a little like an entrepreneur. He owned a taxi company, he owned some restaurants. Um, he was a business consultant. And I really liked the guy. He's a, he's a tremendous human. And I was like, man, like he might be able to give me some guidance on like tiny whip workouts and in uh, this other creator economy idea that I had. So I'll go speak to him and you know, I'll take him up for dinner and see what he thinks. So we went out to dinner and he and I were talking about the idea and he... I told him about Tiny Web Workouts before. He came with some notes on what he thought of all of it. You know, I showed him the Instagram account. He gave me some very good uh, constructive criticism. And then I was like, he was like, but I don't see the long-term play here. Like, I can see you maybe selling some workouts. I can see getting some more followers. Um, but I don't see the long-term play. Um, what else do you have? So I told him, I was like, man, I'm thinking about this idea, you know, with time with workouts, I'm realizing how insufficient, um, you know, the, the tools are for fitness creators. He's like, man, that's, that's something there. Um, and I, I told him, I said this and I was like, I think this is 10 years away. I think it's going to take me 10 years of more knowledge to build this idea. And he kind of looked at me and was like, yeah, probably, um, you know, just cause I was so confident in my opinion. And we kind of left it at that. And I kept building tiny white workouts. Six months into that first job, I quit. Um, I realized they taught me everything I could learn from them. And I really just kind of wanted to go out on my own. Of course, like I said, I, I really genuinely thought I needed 10 more years of experience just to sort of jump out on my own and do something like this. Of course, I was building tiny white workouts in the background, but I thought I needed to spend like five years like working for somebody else, managing a gym, 
um, and then maybe I could start my own gym. And I, I really thought that there was a long process to you know a career versus like, hey, if you have an idea, go try to execute and see what happens. That wasn't my mindset at the time. But right as I quit that job and I started focusing on building my own training company, because what I did is I went down to, yep, there, so there you go. Um, but yeah, right as we, you know, right as I quit that job and I started my own thing, I realized, you know, I don't have to wait for anything. You know, once I started, once I got my first client and once I started making real, real money on my own, under my own name, under my own brand that I had built myself, I realized I didn't need to wait for anybody. If I wanted something, I could go get it in with a reasonable amount of skill, maybe some good fortune. I could probably get what I wanted. Um, so that mindset shift was super important into me building this technology company that I have now. Um, because if I didn't build my first company being a simple trading company, I wouldn't be able to build something which is significantly more complex than it clearly is. Um, what I had done when I was building my training companies, I put my hands in a whole bunch of different baskets. I was doing tiny wipe workouts. I was building my training company. I had a website that I posted blogs to. Um, I was I built another Instagram for my training company. Tiny wipe workouts was separate. I made a podcast with my buddy Nate. And what I decided was I was getting really frustrated with some problems that we had in the training space, namely around, <laughs> namely around exercise nomenclature the reason i laugh is because nomenclature is obviously you know naming of things um but yeah i was getting really frustrated around how we didn't really have a way to name exercises and the thing that was really frustrating to me is i was working at this other gym they called a whole bunch of exercises i knew by certain names by completely different names and i thought their name but i was working at the gym as an independent contractor at the time and i kind of had to adhere to some of their rules I thought the rules were stupid. So I was like, well, everybody's doing this, right? Somebody calls it a glute bridge. Somebody calls it hip thrust. Somebody calls it, you know, whatever, a jumping, no lunge or whatever they want to call uh, I was like, well, we really need to systematize this because we look like a whole bunch of idiots. We look like a whole bunch of gym rats who have no adherence to any sort of rules. You go to a hospital, they name things certain ways. Um, you go to a factory, they're going to name things certain ways, but you come to a gym and everybody's all over the place. Nobody can get their, you know, their shit together. Um, so I wanted to build a naming system. And so I built, I created this blog and it was called, uh, the Williams exercise. No, I ideated it in a weekend. Um, I created the system in a weekend and over time, my friends and I started to build on it. I convinced my buddies that it was kind of cool. I reached out to some bigger players in the space they were like, yeah, pursue this, but you know, we don't really want to part. Sounds like a, sounds like a lot of work. Um, so we started building the WEN system, which is the Williams Exercise Notation System. I created another Instagram account for the WEN system. Um, and through this whole process, I got excited about the WEN system. And I stopped getting excited about Tiny Web Workouts because I wasn't making a whole bunch of sales. Because um, I, was, I was selling the workouts on my website, which wasn't going all that well. And for reasons... Being, you know, further on, I ended up building the app to sort of solve those problems. But so I, I was building the system with my buddies, and I just realized this is really complicated. We're trying to build a system to talk about human movement and human movement. That building a system to name how the body moves with equipment and with positions and 
with everything you do in a gym and standardizing it all. So there's only one name for any particular exercise is a challenge. It was a real, real challenge. And the system was getting really complex. It was getting really convoluted. It all made sense. And honestly, it's still a good system. Um, People could build upon it if they ever got excited to. Um, But what I thought was, hey, we should really build an app for this that kind of walks people through how to use the WEN system. There was this, there's a system that exists in dance um, for choreography, and it's called Labin Notation. It was built by this guy, Rudolf Labin, in the early 1900s. And it's literally music notation, but for dance and human movement. And I just go out and Google a picture of Labin Notation. You will freak out. It's L-A-B-A-N Notation. Um, go you, go look it up. You'll freak out. It looks insane. And it is insane. And and nobody really knows. Well, there's some people know how to write it in it, but almost nobody who's a choreographer actually writes in Labin Notation. But there's like a committee and there's a board ideating and iterating on the lab and notation. I haven't found a way to implement it properly. But what I thought was super cool is they created a VR sort of experience where you could dance and then dance in lab and notation. So you could kind of get it all done in one go, which to me, that made a whole bunch of sense. And I was like, well, we need something similar, maybe not the VR experience thing, but we need something similar in an app format um, to make the barrier to entry for the WEN system a lot lower. Because right now it's just way too high. It's going to be impossible for people um, to to use this thing. So I reached out to a local app development agency in Naples, Florida called Divine Digital. Shouts out to them. Great people working with them. They're really good guys. And <laughs> you know nothing about app development whatsoever. I didn't even know what a wireframe was. And right after the first meeting with them, I, I left the meeting and I told my buddies who were working on the WEN system with me, because I was like, hey, let's build this app. They're like, okay, go for it. And I told them, I was like, yeah, man, we could get a whole app built for $4,000. But it turns out $4,000 was just the prototype thing. It was just going to be a visual representation. And so I learned that the next meeting that we had. Um, so I was like, all right, you know what? Like, I can... I can spend the $4,000 for the app, um, for the wireframe. And, uh, let's see how it goes. So we started building the wireframe and at the time, you know, I still had my personal training company. So I was training probably like 30, 35 hours a week working on this wireframe concept, um, for this app split focus between those two things. You know, I'm not Elon Musk, uh, never claimed to be, I, I just couldn't do it. You know, I was really excited about the app and it was taking away from my excitement about my training business. And everything slowed down. But to get a whole bunch done with the app, um, I couldn't really focus on it. I couldn't ideate well enough. I couldn't iterate well enough. And on the training side, my training started not necessarily slowed down, but I wasn't getting a whole bunch of new clients. I actually had an intern at the time. So I had an intern. I was trying to do the training business, build the WEN system, build the app. And it was just a lot. Um, and it was probably good that I shut down tiny white workouts when I did because I couldn't focus on everything at the same time. And what became unfortunate was, you know, through all this, I became uninterested in the WEN system, which for the best. Um, but of course I still think the WEN system or something similar needs to be built in the training space. Um, 
but we were having some issues with the app, you know, and trying to figure out exactly what it was going to become. You know, I was probably good enough at smooth talking and at the same time. They just wanted that I could make something happen so that they could get my business. Um, so we built this wireframe for like a program building marketplace using the WEN system to write the exercises in um, called Modus Marketplace. Modus is the Latin word for movement. Um, marketplace, obviously, is what we were trying to build. But what I really wanted, and I kind of reverted back to that original idea I spoke about with Kevin at dinner and my dad on the boat, was this creator economy idea where you could build programs, sell programs, create content, get followers, and sort of do it all in the same place. So we needed a social component to the app. And at first, I was like, is it like a Reddit thing? Is it like a forum? Is it Instagram? We just have like these, you know, posts. Um, and this is slightly before like TikTok really blew up and like taking off. Um, so I didn't have like the idea of like, you know, Modus Marketplace shorts. Um, but I couldn't figure out the social component. I wasn't really excited about my training business. I wasn't really excited about the WEN system. But the, I just, the idea of building an app was so interesting to me um, that I had to keep pursuing it in no matter what capacity. So soon enough, I just dropped the WEN system. I was like, hey, guys, and the, the Divine Digital are freaking out. We're spending months on this wireframe. I'm trying to figure out how we can make something work. And then all of a sudden, I tell them, hey, no WEN system. Um, even though I had spent hundreds of hours developing the thing, we had spent, you know, a, a decent amount of hours building it into this wireframe. Uh, and, you know, the $4,000 that I paid him for the wireframe didn't necessarily <laughs> compute to all of the time I was spending over months long of a period just trying to get a wireframe out the door. Um, you know, I still pursued it. I kept telling him, I was like, we're going to come to some conclusion here. Give me some time. I'll figure it out. And finally, I was in the shower, and the only thing that's on my mind, and I was like, what if the social component is live streaming? Place for workout programs, you live stream fitness videos, you build your following with your live stream content, you sell people on the workout programs. And that all seemed to make a ton of sense to me, and I'm in the shower having this thought, and I get out of the shower, I'm all excited, I'm all fired up, I go to Divine Digital, I tell them. And that's our idea, modus stream thing, but we're not going to call it modus marketplace anymore. We're going to call it video because John's all over the place. He has a million ideas and doesn't know necessarily how to make them all fit into one single thing. So we pivot to this idea called video, live stream, marketplace, and now I need to start building a business around it. Like, what does this all look like? The wireframe is starting to come together, um, but now how am I actually going to get this thing built? So they tell me it's going to cost $80,000 just to build the app. And I'm like, I can get that money somehow. Um, I'm thinking it's super easy nowadays to just get investors. I can get investors with a wireframe. Um, even if I don't, you know, the developer people, we already have that situated. Divine Digital is going to build this. Um, you know, maybe my dad will put in some money and, you know, I'll get outside investors. I'll talk to some of my friends who I. Um, and I truly thought it was going to be easy. And, you know, at this point, Divine Digital is getting frustrated because they're spending all this time building a wireframe, not building a product. But I'm like, hey, now it's time to uh, get investors. So they were actually nice enough. They got me into a room with some investors, some local guys in Naples, Florida. Um, and I, I have my pitch deck, $30 on Fiverr that I've built. I have, I have my charts, my revenue projections. 
um, which were completely ridiculous. Um, and I'm like, yeah, we can make this happen. So I go through my pitch deck that I practiced over and over again, tell them my idea. I'm feeling all fired up and feeling good. And uh, we click off and the divine digital tells me afterwards, he's like, Hey man, you made an impact. Um, do we have permission to send your contact info? Over? I'm like, absolutely. And I'm thinking at least two or three of these guys in the meeting, I think there were like four or five or something like that. Like at least two or three of these guys are going to, you know, call me and, you know, we're going to set something up and I'm going to get money for this app and I'm going to build it. And I don't hear anything, nothing at all. I follow up with divide digital. I'm like, Hey man, like you told me, like you're going to send out my contact. Uh, they're like, yeah, let me reach out, reached out. Nothing, absolutely nothing. So I'm realizing $80,000 is probably going to be a little bit of a burden to get. And so I end up telling divine digital, I'm like, Hey, just give me the wireframe. Um, try to pursue this in a different, in a different way. You know, there's things in the wireframe I couldn't necessarily articulate. There were things that I wanted built in there that I couldn't necessarily say. And I was like, you know what? I'll try to finish this wireframe myself um, because I clearly can't articulate to these guys exactly what I want. And clearly this is going to take me more time to actually, you know, be able to build. Um, And I'm not necessarily sure Divine Digital with $80,000 as the price tag is going to be the way to build it. So I'm realizing at this point, you know, I need a a co-founder. but I still need to finish this wireframe and I had to teach myself how to do it. So in a whole week, um, you know, obviously I had a little bit of experience with Photoshop and Illustrator, but I had to teach myself Adobe XD, which is how they built it. Um, you know, in a whole week. So I built my, I taught myself how to use Adobe XD, rebuilt the wireframe so that it had all the components that I needed so that I could click through everything. It all made sense. Um, and then I was like, well, let me try one more time with some investors now that I have like a fully fleshed out wireframe and go talk to people. So at this point, Definitely skipping something important. I'd already showed the wireframe to a whole bunch of my friends who were trainers. Uh, and they all liked it. I even reached out to some new trainers who I didn't know. You know, just tried to like ask people. I was like, hey, you know, who do you know who would be interested? They would give me some contacts and I'd send it out. Um, you know, I'd jump on some Zoom calls. I'd take them through the wireframe. People were excited about it. They were like really excited about the marketplace idea, less excited about the live stream situation. Um, so I was like, all right, cool. Like, we can build something here. Like clearly there's some people are enjoying this and I, uh, meet up with some investors again on some zoom calls. You know, I'm just sending out cold emails to everybody and I get in touch with three investors. Um, it pretty much, I take them to the wireframe. I tell them like, Hey, yeah, like my trainer friends really like it. Um, I already have, you know, the first users, we already have these initial signups. Um, you know, what can you do for me? And they're like, yeah, just go build it and then we'll talk. And I'm like, okay, well, <laughs> I was hoping that you could sort of help me with that, but I guess that's not how this is going to go. I'm still going to have to learn how to build this thing myself. So I'm like, all right, I don't have 80K. How else can I do this? And so I decide I'm going to go down the co-founder route and try to find a co-founder who can build it. Reach out to a few guys, do some interviews, find some people on like Twitter, Indie Hackers, um, some co-founder forums, AngelList, uh, have some Zoom calls, some really good ones, um, some people I actually think I'll you know keep in touch with, even though they're not necessarily the people I end up, uh, they don't necessarily end up being my co-founder on this. And I end up speaking to this one kid who's in India, he's 19, 
His name's Shivange. And he's like, you know, I pitched him the idea the first time. And he was, I was like, can you build it? He was like, yeah, I can figure this out. And I said, like, all right, well, do you think about it? You tell me like what your tech stack's going to be. At this point, I had, I had taught myself a li- at least a little bit of tech lingo. And I knew what I didn't want it built on. So I was kind of going to see what his answers were and if they lined up with my answers. So I'm like, all right, man, like go f- tell me what your tech stack is. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll talk again. So like a couple of days later, he comes back. He has this comp- super detailed um, chart of how he's going to build it. He was like, we're going to use AWS, DynamoDB, um, and React Native. Here's why I'm going to use React Native. Here's why DynamoDB. Here's why AWS. Um, here's how we're going to make this thing happen. It really detailed. And I was super impressed. I was like, man, like, this is a really thorough um, evaluation on how to build this thing. And I had spoken to some other, you know, another person I had spoken to who, who was going to offer me a similar thing. Um, was a pre-Apple developer, 23-year-old kid in Miami, super smart, super uh, focused. But something about this guy, Siobhan, I was like, man, I, I really like this story he has. I really like his attention to detail. And I feel like he and I are kind of lining up on a few things. So I kind of tell him, I'm like, hey, man, look, like, I'm not necessarily sure this is going to work. You know, you're in India. I really want to find somebody in Miami because that's where I was going to move to. Um, you know, being in Naples, Florida, right across the right across the strip. And I was like, you know, having a co-founder in India just makes me a little wary because we can't really get to know each other. And it's make me nervous. So we click off. I talk to a couple other people. And then I have an idea where I'm sort of, you know, speaking to these other coders, speaking to these other developers. People are giving me offers. And I'm like, well, I, I have enough money to pay for at least something, right? So what if instead of giving him equity right away, I paid him a little bit of money and we got building? And so I jump back on with him. I'm like, hey, man, like, here's my idea. I'll give you, you know, he, I'm like, you tell me how much it's going to cost to build. And we can, I'll pay you initially for the first bit. And once we launch a product and we feel good about a relationship, we can talk about sort of co-founder relationship afterwards. And so he's like, yeah, man, all right. Like, I'll tell you. He ends up coming back like a couple of days later. He's like, it's going to cost about 10 grand to build. I get it done in eight weeks. There's my offer. And again, he was super detailed, super diligent about everything. I was like, man, this guy really like, is thinking about this. And again, I had some other good offers. I had another very similar offer from that Miami guy, 20K but I didn't really like the tech stack you wanted to build it on. Um, and you know, even though I was excited about working with him, I was less excited about how he viewed the product. And he actually wasn't very positive about the product. He just thought you know, I was going to be a good founder um, for whatever reasons. Obviously, if you look at this whole story, it's like, who is this guy, John? This guy's clearly a mess. He's all over the place. Um, so I go back to Siobhan. Like, hey, man, let's do it. We sign a contract. We get on board. Um, and to, in all fairness, like my dad ends up putting up the 11 grand that we pay Shivange, um, so I can have some personal runway so I don't you know, burn out all my personal capital um, building this thing. We get building. We get through eight weeks of development. And we have not enough of this thing done. We, we rejected the live stream. We're like, this isn't going to be in the MVP. We're just going to focus on this marketplace idea. Um, we get eight weeks done. We're talking to our trainers who we had, you know, from previously, and I'm like, "Hey, man, like, can we launch something?" So we try to launch 
part of like the program building thing and part of like some other pieces of the app we send it out to people and everything breaks everything breaks on the app this is in early september of this year uh, just a couple months ago and everything breaks and we're like oh my god what are we doing and so we tell everybody we're like stop using the app clearly we're not ready give us a month we can build it in a month a month goes by beginning of october we're like all right let's push it out again push it out again everything breaks again and Siobhan had a couple people that he had working for him. You know, he was paying some interns. And I'm like, Siobhan, man, like, what are we doing wrong here? And so finally we get to something stable that doesn't have the marketplace around middle of October. The version specifically, the number was 56. And right now we're on version 88. Uh, just to put it into perspective, how many times we had to iterate to really get this thing right and have it be bug free. And version 56 is working well. We have our trainers building programs, but the marketplace isn't alive yet. We end up redoing the entire UI um, just because the UI that we had before really just wasn't going to work. And uh, you know, after lots of trial and error, we finally get a product that we feel is stable enough to push out. And we, we set a date for ourselves, November 5th. Um, that's the day we're going to push it out. We blow by November 5th for about a week until this past Sunday. We finally launched the app. And I'll be honest, you know, we're a few days out from the launch. You know, we launched on Sunday and it's, it's really a relief. You know, the app is working well. Um, you know, there's, there's a definitely some bugs and some hiccups that we have to work through um, that we didn't account for. But overall, we're super excited. And, you know, for a guy who didn't even know what a wireframe was to get to this point, you know, I'm, I'm definitely happy with myself. Although I think when you look at the way, you know, Y Combinator and Andreessen Horowitz, and if you read like some Paul Graham essays, the way these guys all talk about it, they're like, get your thing to market in a weekend. And it took me, let's say, a little less than a year um, to get this thing out the door. Two years if you want to talk about when the initial idea sort of formed in my head. But I couldn't be happier. Um, We're fired up. The app is in the App Store now. You can go on there. We have about 25 programs in the marketplace you can go buy from all of the trainers that are creating stuff. And, uh, yeah, we really couldn't be happier. We're really stoked. And we're just going to keep building. And we have a lot of really cool ideas for the future. Um, we do want to tie in that social component. The live stream is definitely in our future. Um, some bigger, more robust things are in our future as well. But right now, you know, if you want to talk about short term, what's in the, the near future, it's we need to get creators on board creating on our platform. So if somebody listens to this podcast and they want to go and download the app, they have plenty of selection to go on there and buy workouts and find the workout that, that really suits them. So that's the vision for the short term. Long term, we really want to become the creator economy for fitness, and we think we can do it. And you know, a few days into this, you know, with some okay traction off the first couple of days, um, some good reviews in the App Store, people really seeming to enjoy it first few days in. Um, you know, our, our confidence levels are high, of course. As founders of companies, you go through highs and lows. Of course, I haven't been at the point where I actually had a product launch, um, but I've definitely been through my highs and lows, starting my first company, starting this company. And, you know, obviously I know there's going to be ups and downs, but unfortunately that's why, you know, building your own happiness comes first, then building a product comes second. Uh, but that's the story of Fidio. Uh If you have any questions, feel free to reach out. Obviously, 
Uh, there's so much that goes into uh, building a product. I think if you want the best resource for it, listen to Naval's podcast, How to Get Rich Without Getting Lucky. Because if you look at all the different skill sets it took for me to be able to get to this point without being able to code, but to build a tech product, you know, I had to know how to train and know how to build training programs on a very fundamental level. I had to understand the fitness creator market. Um, I had to understand how to do design work um, so that I could actually build a wireframe to get a product out the door. It just takes a lot of different components that you have to be particularly good at um, in order to be able to get to this point. But I truly think anybody could build a tech product. I think if you're not building a tech product or if you're not creating content or media um, in 2021, uh, you're really doing a disservice to yourself because that's where the fun is, but it's also where the future is as well. Um, so yeah, that's the story of video. Uh, thanks for joining me. This has been a blast to tell it. <laughs> Just like looking back on the whole story. This is probably a complete mess of a podcast, but it's so fun to sort of just look back on the madness of the past couple of years and, and reflect on the journey of, <laughs> I've definitely put myself through, but that's it. The story of video. Thanks for uh, joining me in, Next week, I will be doing an episode on how to read 100 pages a day. So if you have been struggling to read uh, more and more, if you are stuck on a book, as many people are, I can tell you how to break out of that. I definitely did it for myself, and reading all the time has been a blessing. So that's it. Have a great night, and I will see you guys next week for how to read 100 pages a day.